This is New York's talk leader, the crown jewel of talk radio. WABC New York and 1071 WLIR Hampton Bays. 77 WABC News starts now. 74 and partly cloudy. It is Monday, July 3rd. Good morning, too. Members of the Biden administration are sounding off on rulings made by the Supreme Court. Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg says the same-sex ruling is a solution looking for a problem. Sending these kinds of things to the courts for the clear purpose of chipping away at the equality and the rights that have so recently been won. That was Buttigieg on CNN State of the Union on Sunday. The ruling allows businesses to ignore state laws against discrimination against people who identify as LGBTQ. Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez thinks the Supreme Court is not heading in the right direction. The Supreme Court is going themselves much too far. They are expanding their role into acting as though they are Congress itself. That was AOC on CNN State of the Union on Sunday as well. She also pointed out Roe v. Wade being overturned as a prime example of the court having more power. Your forecast for the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center, it's going to be partly cloudy throughout the day. There is a chance of scattered thunderstorms. Temperatures are hitting a high of 84 and a low of 73. I'm Yao Bonsu. Remember, the news never stops at WABCRadio.com. This is 77 WABC Newsroom Extra. 2,500 more migrants have arrived in New York in the last week alone. Their arrivals just overwhelming almost every city service. Is it going to get more? Is it going to get less? I have no idea because we're just dealing with it in terms of what comes to the front door and doing the best that we can as people come to the front door. I know we're at a tipping point. I know we're at a breaking point. That's Deputy Mayor Anna Williams-Isom who says the city has extended the contracts with 10 of its support centers now, even adding another one to help those who make it here from the U.S.-Mexico border find a place to live. If there was a national coordination of this, then it wouldn't be, the burden wouldn't be so on New York City. And so we are hoping that the federal government gives us the help so that we can decompress folks. City Hall says the cost of the housing and care of the migrants could climb to $4 billion by next year. Noam Layden, WEBC News. Great seeing you, Dominic. You know, when people ask me what have I been doing in the city, I say, you need to talk to Dominic Carter, because you've been covering me for almost 30 years now. Nice to be with you, Dominic. I think you are really in a very, very high league. And I watch some of your competitors on, frankly, the national shows, and I say, why aren't you doing a national show? Because I really think your delivery and your questioning wow. and your brain power is really at the highest level. So that's good. This is Dominic Carter, everybody. Now, here's Dominic Carter on Talk Radio 77 WABC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And good morning, good morning, good Monday morning. Dominic Carter here with you. Talk Radio 77 WABC, the July 4th holiday weekend. I hope you are enjoying it, making a a good time of it with family and loved ones and friends. 
And before we get to the topics, and we have a lot to get to this morning, I want to mention a programming note. Uh, as Curtis Lewa just mentioned, and by the way, thank you, Curtis Lewa. Over the weekend, Curtis uh, had some very nice things to say about me on his show, and I heard the comments, and people contacted me about the comments. And, Curtis, thank you very much. You are the man, Curtis Lewa, on WABC. But programming note, as Curtis mentioned, in about five hours and 57 minutes from right now, I will be back with Anthony Weiner. Sid Rosenberg, Sid and Friends has the day off. Anthony and I will be doing the morning show from 6 a.m. to 10 a.m. this morning. We hope that you join us. We will be taking your telephone calls. All of you folks to send the emails, Dominic Carter in the daytime, Dominic Carter in the daytime. Doesn't get much more daytime than this, uh, bright and early in the morning. And, of course, the owner-operator of WABC, John Katsimatidis, will be doing the show with Anthony Weiner and Curtis Sliwa, the morning show, on Tuesday. So I will be joining Mr. Katsimatidis on Tuesday uh, at 7.20 a.m., and then I'll be back at 10 a.m., 10 a.m. on Tuesday, filling in for Brian Kilmeade. So recapping that before we get to the topics, uh, Anthony Weiner and I will be back in five hours and 56 minutes on the morning show. Then I'll be back tomorrow night, right, the, the my regular show. Then the morning show on, uh, I'll be in with Mr. Ka- I'll be on with Mr. Casimatidis at 720, and then back at 10 to noon for Brian Kilmeade, and then, of course, back uh, in the evening time. So a lot's going on, and, and I greatly look forward to chatting with you folks. And you can you can follow me on Twitter, Dominic TV. You can also follow me on YouTube. That's my new thing. Uh, posted a, a video just a short time ago. Uh, YouTube at Dominic uh, Carter. Uh, that's how you can follow me on YouTube. So already, folks, already the acting New York City Police Commissioner will be out on the job. Edward Caban and other NYPD executives. A bit later on today, they are going to brief the media regarding July 4th security and being prepared. Now, of course, this is an annual event, but it takes on greater significance because now Mr. Kuban is the acting police commissioner of New York City. Mayor Eric Adams tipping his hat, if you will, to the outgoing police commissioner. And I'm surprised we still don't know exactly why she quit. But Keyshawn Sewell, uh, she was done uh, over the weekend, the last couple of days. And then the mayor made the announcement on Saturday, Saturday, that First Deputy Commissioner Eddie Caban would temporarily, but it's still a, a major step in the right direction for him because he may have the job permanently. We'll see. But he's taking charge of the nation's largest police department, becoming the NYPD's first top cop of Hispanic descent, the first Latino police commissioner ever of New York City. So the mayor says they're looking for a permanent replacement, but obviously this is an open audition for Mr. Caban if things go well. And so the mayor said in his statement again over the weekend, Commissioner Caban is a consummate professional with over three decades of service in the NYPD. And so uh, Police Commissioner Sewell 
walked into the mayor's office at City Hall and resigned. You recall that surprise move on June 12th. Now, the reports are that she was unhappy because she did not have the full power of the department's top job. Of course, you have Deputy Mayor Phil Banks uh, uh, on one side and and other officials on the other side, and uh, she decided to uh, to leave. And the new commissioner starting his job already, it's a good thing that he's going to hit the ground running because he's going to need all the help he can get. This makes absolutely no sense at all what I'm about to tell you. The New York City Council, the far-left Looney Tune a governmental body organization, is set to bury the NYPD with huge reporting demands for even the most minor encounters with New Yorkers. The New York Post reporting that the city council, right, is because there's more than one way to achieve a goal. And we know that many members of the city council would love nothing more than to defund the police, which is absolutely ridiculous. But there are more ways to achieve their goal, which is what this is about. So they are going to pass the city council a sweeping package of bills that would force police officers. And several officers have called this show to talk about how they're completely swamped with paperwork. And it's about to get a lot worse. And so they're going to have to file millions of reports on even the most minor encounters with New Yorkers. And so one of the things that's going to mandate that cops in a quicker way turn over body-worn camera recordings to state investigators and that the NYPD disclose more information about traffic stops and internal operations. We are going to open up the telephone line, and it's uh, the lines, that is plural speaking, 800-848-WABC, 800-848-9222. A story that I'm also still following, still following, Mayor Adams doubled down. You're going to hear from the Holocaust survivor yourself in just a second. But the mayor has doubled down on comparing her to a plantation owner. The mayor, we discussed this Friday night, here we are Monday, and the mayor is still justifying his rhetoric by stating that the woman, a tenant activist, was disrespectful. Was disrespectful, according to the mayor. And the mayor is even now involving his mother, his deceased mother, as a defense, stating that his mother told him never allow someone to be disrespectful to you. So the woman at the center of all of this, the 84-year-old woman, her name is Jeannie Dubnow, and she's not backing down. And it's a good thing she's not backing down. As I said Friday, the mayor should just apologize and move on. 
You've got to be a big boy. You wanted the job. You campaigned for the job. You did everything humanly possible for the job. You, Mr. Mayor, have to take the good with the bad. The woman, the 84-year-old woman, spoke to WABC, and I want you to listen to what she had to say, and then we're going to open up the phones and go to your telephone calls. Can you repeat, like, what was your question to Mayor Eric Adams? Well, basically, I was asking, I was, it it wasn't really a question. It was basically informing him that he was an enemy of tenants in, in New York City because of the horrible rent increases that the Rent Guidelines Board passed, which is in the Rent Guidelines Board, we all know, is directed by the mayor. Not only does he appoint the members, but he also has direct influence on them. And he had said it before they made their decision that he was in favor of rent increases. And then afterwards, he was he thought it was a great decision that they had made. So basically, it was not a question. It was a statement. And the meeting was totally uh, uh, controlled by the administration. We were sitting at tables. We were not allowed to ask questions. I just stood up and made that statement because I I could see that at our table there was somebody, and at each table that we had, there was somebody from the administration who was going to be empowered to make this question. What did you think of his response? Oh, it was just a deflection. It was an attempt to, you know, he could, he had no answer. So he just used that to deflect, that's all. Would you say you would want an apology from him? I don't care about that. I want him to change. Well, he won't because he's paid for by real estate, so he's not going to change his policies. He got millions of dollars for his campaign from real estate, you know that. And he's been extremely friendly to real estate the whole time. So he's not going to change. I don't care about apologies. I mean, the main thing is we need a different mayor. We need to get rid of this guy. Interesting. Very interesting. You, you see, she's not backing down, declaring Jeannie Dubnow, quote, 84 years old, we need to get rid of this guy. She's a longtime tenants' rights uh, activist. And, you know, when you walk into the lion's den of these town hall meetings as the mayor, anything can and often does happen. And uh, we're going to open up the phone lines. But one of the other topics, I'm about to start with Frank and Maine, but one of the other topics we're going to deal with, did you see all the blood? Did you see all the blood this weekend when a beloved doorman was slashed near the jugular, saving a disabled tenant from a mugger? And there's also video The man, the ex-con that was killed on the uh, J train and the grand jury didn't indict, there's video of how this man was harassing people on the train. No shirt on, just completely out of his mind. Now, take that and it gives us an indication of what was happening on the train with the Marine before the Marine took action, defending all of those innocent people and himself. Let's begin with your telephone calls, 800-848-WABC, 800-848-9222. Frank in Maine, good morning, Frank. What's on your mind? Dominic, always a pleasure when I get to speak to you, um, and I love your introductions. You know, Dominic, at the end of the day, 
this woman, and I, I'm, if I pronounce her name wrong, I'm sorry, Jeannie Dunlow, um, she, I, I listened to that entire um, interview on WABC.com online, and she sounds, for 84 years old, intelligent. She sounds like she knows what she's talking about. She, she sounds like she knows what she's doing. And mayors, like Mayor Adams, are scared of intelligent people. And I think she's so intelligent that she's going to beat him at his own game. I actually believe that at the end of the day, Mayor Adams is going to be so scared of this woman that he will apologize. It won't come this week, but it's going to come eventually because this woman seems to have the, the mental capacity to outwit him and destroy everything that he says. Dominic, have a good night. Well, thank you very much, Frank. I, I, I agree with you. Um, I'm about to go to Neil where he's not a fan of the uh, woman. But, but, but uh, the only thing I disagree with, I don't think the mayor is going to apologize. I know I would if I were him. But uh, knowing Eric Adams very well, I don't see him apologizing. Let's see what Neil on Staten Island has to say. Good morning, Neil. What's on your mind? Good morning, Tom. Morning. Uh, the first thing I want to say is uh, the mayor lost his temper. I can listen. You, I've seen you lose your temper with callers. Also, doesn't mean you're a bad guy. Uh, you're just a temporary. Something just hit him the wrong way. As for the woman, I think she's a kook. I mean, landlords. I mean, listen, I, I'm not. I'm not a tenant. I own the house. But landlords during the pandemic, they lost millions of people that didn't pay the rent. They never recovered that money. No, hey, Neil, 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 I got you on that. Yeah, I don't want to debate the, the rent guy because that's an issue that we could go from now until next week with not a single commercial break. If you talk to the tenants, I'm just going to sum this up, and I'm going to let you finish. You talk to the tenants, they are robbed every year. A single percent is too much. You talk to the landlords, they will tell you they are robbed every year. Not a, not a single percent increase is going to run them out of business. So continue. I could just say that as a homeowner, my heating costs have gone up three hundred percent so far in the last couple of years. I'm sure I agree with you, but but that's common sense. That that's not that's oh. not you're making common sense. Some of these well, uh, on each pay. side, they're not interested in common sense. They're interested in their extreme position. That's right. That's right. Tenants don't want to pay anything more. And they're the ones who want more. I understand they want more. But listen, costs are going up. You have to pay more. I don't think a, a 1% or 2% or 3% is too much for a rent increase. I know it hurts. It hurts everybody. It hurts me paying for my heating costs. But that's, listen, that's the way it is. You've got to pay more because everything is going up. And, and to tell I, I agree with you. I, I, Neil, I, I agree with you. I'm going to let you finish. I agree with you. Uh, but, but it's actually 6% over a two-year lease. And, again, either side – this is an issue that is just it, – it, it drives people insane on either side. Yes, it does. But to say that the mayor's in the pockets of the real estate people is ridiculous. It's just not true. And I don't like the mayor, but it's just not true. <laughs> well, Neil, thank you for the telephone call from Staten Island this morning. Uh, we hope you have a great 4th of July, you and your family. Let's go to Michael in New Jersey. Good morning, Michael. What's on your mind? Yeah, good morning. I'm not taking the side of the woman. I'm not taking the side of the mayor. What I'm talking about is something totally different. Mayor Eric Adams came to the conclusion that because he was voted in as mayor, you have to respect him. No, you don't. You have to earn respect. You don't just get it. 
Okay? Because you won an election, which was very, very easily won, he didn't even have to campaign because now that the, the uh, population of the city has gone from white to black, before, yeah, you had a campaign because people, white people, vote Republican and they vote Democrat. So you really had a fight to get elected. But now that, the, to be honest, now that the city is predominantly black, black people are 101 percent Democratic voters. You don't have to campaign. You don't have to do anything. That's all you have to be is a Democrat. And on top well, of that, if you're well, black, no, but Michael, but that's not true. That's not true. Well, why Michael, let true? me tell let me tell you what's not yeah. true. During this election, uh, during the primary, you had Democrats falling all over each other to outleft each other. You may recall Adams was one of the more centrist candidates when the, in the Democratic field. I'm not talking about the general election that's against Curtis Lewa. Yeah, no, that's what I'm talking about, the general election. If you're saying in the primary, yeah, there were other there's competition, especially if he has other black Democrats. But what I'm saying is in the general election, the thing that got him the job as mayor was guaranteed. He knew that if he won the primary, he was going to be the mayor. Right? Now, as far as giving him respect, if you remember all the promises he made, and let's go over them. I'm going to put a policeman in every train. That was a lie. I'm going to put a policeman on every platform. That's a lie. I'm not going to ride around in the mayor's SUV. I'm going to use mass transit and ride around on my bicycle. That was a lie. I'm not going to have bodyguards. Does the average person have a bodyguard? No, so I'm not going to have bodyguards. That was a lie. One lie after another. If he was Pinocchio, his nose would reach planet Mars. He's an habitual liar. So why the hell should I respect him? Why should anybody respect him? Tell the truth. Do what you say you're going to do. And then people will respect you. But you're not guaranteed respect. And as far as getting these kids, these poor kids who don't know how to read and don't know how to do math, what he should have done instead of telling them to breathe, he should have got a list of schools where the kids are doing badly, taken some of the money that he uses on the illegals, and put air conditioning into the schools. And then you go to the school and you make an announcement over the loudspeaker, the city of New York just spent a fortune on air conditioners. Do you know why we spent a lot of money on air conditioners? Because it is very hot in the months of July and August. And the kids would say, but what difference does it make to us? We don't go to school in July and August. And the okay. mayor should answer them and say, you want to bet? You're going to school now. You're well, going to school. I, I got you, Michael. I, I got you, and I, I thank you for the call. So I, I, the, one, the one thing um, that I agree with you on, certainly, Michael, is um, – for lack of a better way to say this, the money being spent on anything except the migrants would have been an improvement. So, Melvin, you've been doing good lately. I'm going to take your call in the Bronx. Melvin, spare me of the history lessons. The moment you start trying to give me a history lesson, you are done. Now, it says here that you agree with Mayor Adams on this. I believe you're a man of color, so tell me why. I agree with the mayor because when you have a position to make 
a decision about policy. You respect the position, you respect the person. You want to change, you go to whoever's going to make that policy change. Well, That's said, what she did. That's what she did. That's what but She went to the mayor. Approach with the people. I've, I've been a community board, a formal community board member for over a dozen years. Also, I got elected. Okay, okay. Melvin, focus, Melvin. Melvin, focus. Melvin, I don't want to cut you off. Focus. Focus. Tell me why you're stating what you're stating. Simple. You respect the position. Respect. You, the you said that. You, you, you said that, Melvin. You already you said that. Both ways. The woman had a point to make. Fine. Make your point. But she's talking about a policy that I've been there for decades, and she expects somebody to step in and wait to mouth. She brought her own personal baggage. I have seen this t- countless times in numerous town hall meetings, how people bring their personal baggage in there. They want to lash out at this one individual and feel they do so. No, 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 no. She's out of line, and she needs to step back up there. And she really want to do a positive change, so I'll bring it down to the table like I have done in the past, and she will get results. And two, that's going to happen. And all this negativity come from people who don't even live. Me, as a registered voter in the party of Frederick Douglass, is a firm believer. Yes, I have seen the change that's been made through when you go through there, because it takes, it's going to take time. Okay, all right. Thank you, you, Melvin. Thank thank you for the call. Let's go to Larry. Larry uh, clearly, obviously disagrees with you. Uh, Now, Larry, you just heard what Melvin had to say. What is your reaction? Well, actually, you know, I agree. I Melvin, I agree with Melvin. Actually, I'll tell you the truth. I respect him. You know, he, he he's a, he's a, he's an intelligent guy. He may have some articulation problem, but he should be allowed to speak freely because uh, he has experience. He was trying to relate his experience. But I'll tell you, even though I agree with him that the woman was being disrespectful, I agree with that. However, however, there's a big however here. She's 84 years old, okay? How many 84-year-old women are still involved in community activism, okay? That very fact itself. Now, Eric Adams, I'm going to prove that this man is a lowlife, okay? Because he brings his mother into it. He doesn't respect an 84-year-old woman, yet he'll bring his mother into it. And what does his mother advise him? Respect yourself. What What does a good mother tell his son? The first thing, not respect yourself, respect your elders, okay? Eric Adams, you didn't have such a good mother, and you're bringing her into this. Okay, you're wait, a wait, 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 Larry, Larry, that's a low blow. That's a low blow. You that's do not truth. know the mayor's mother. No, Larry, that's that's unacceptable. I, I never met the lady, and I've known him for 30 years. It's unfair. His mother worked numerous jobs to, to provide for her kids. How do you know what type of mother she was, Larry? Come on. I don't. I'm just saying this. You know what? How does he know what kind of woman this is before he before he denounces her and abuses her? Even though she was being spunky and a little bit, I would say, a little bit confrontative, maybe a little more. His first obligation, okay, is to respect, to be a decent person and respect his elders. Just because he's a mayor doesn't mean he's superior to her. She has many years on him, okay? So this is the game of life, not the game of politics. She's superior to him, but he pulled his superiority card on her. He's a low life, is what he is. And Melvin's a good man because he's bringing real issues into the, okay. into the All right. But Thank I'm, you, I'm answering him. I'm answering okay. it. Okay, but I'm not. The, the topic is not Melvin, so let let's leave that alone. But thank you, thank you very much for the call. 
Larry from Brooklyn this morning. Dominic Carter here with you. Talk Radio 77 WABC. I haven't even gotten to the Chris Christie stuff yet. Poor Chris Christie. Why is he running? I mean, I, I know probably he feels his payback against Trump. But but as the kids say, you know, the kids say you're playing yourself. Christie is playing himself. I'm going to detail you uh, on that. Also, we're going to continue on the new police commissioner, the first one of Hispanic descent. At least uh, he's the acting police commissioner, Edward Caban. He started over the weekend. I'm going to take a break in a minute, but let's go to David in Los Angeles. Let's see what David has to say. Good morning, David. What's on your mind? Yes, Dominic. Uh, you know, <clears throat> if I was to talk directly to Eric Adams, he does need to apologize. I'll tell you why. I look on his Instagram I've never seen so much backlash. You know, nobody cares about the crime or the subways. Boy, they care that he yelled at that old lady. And, you know, he called the white cops crackers. They care more about this. Now, he's got to be smart politically. I'm telling you, man, a lot of people aren't going to vote for him. Not again, not because of the crime, not because of the subway, because he yelled at an old lady. That's how voters vote, man. They vote with their emotions. I don't like that fact, but I'm telling you, Dominic, you should look at his Instagram, New York City mayor. He's getting hammered like I'm very surprised. This is going to come back to haunt him. He needs to apologize. And the final thing I'll say on this, I want a federal lawsuit versus L.A. City Council, and the federal judge said that elected officials need to endure more than your average citizen, so he needs to be smart. He can't go losing his temper. He has to realize he's mayor, he's going to get yelled at at people, and he's got to be a bigger, stronger person. Well, David, I I hear you, and I appreciate your call. Thank you, and I hope out in Los Angeles you have a uh, great Fourth of July. Thank you for the call. We are going to take a break. And and another factor, another factor for mayors, I mean, let, let's be candid about this. When New Yorkers are unhappy, they have been known to give mayors historically a one-finger salute. And so, like I said Friday night, if I'm Eric Adams, I'm apologizing. But to know him is to know that it's not going to happen. You're not going to get it from him. He is adamant in his beliefs. He's always been this way. And... uh I don't see him apologizing. I'm going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to go to our buddy Mike in South Carolina, and we'll have more of your telephone calls on a number of topics. We'll update you on the situation of the doorman that was slashed near the jugular trying to save a disabled tenant from a mugger. There was blood everywhere. We're taking your calls this morning on this holiday weekend, 800-848-WABC, 800-848-9222. Now, here's Dominic Carter on Talk Radio 77 WABC. And we are back on this holiday weekend. Again, folks, uh, when you're up earlier today, this morning, at 6 a.m., 6 a.m. to 10 a.m., uh, Sid Rosenberg is off today. Anthony Weiner and myself will be filling in starting at 6 a.m. from 6 to 10. And, of course, stay with uh, WABC this entire holiday weekend. We are live. We are local. We are on it. Did you see all the blood? Did you see all the blood? Unfortunately, what happens sometimes when you step up to help others? 
And this doorman needs to feel all of our love. Beloved doorman slashed near the jugular, saving a disabled tenant from a mugger. The man is a hero. Upper East Side doorman slashed just inches from his jugular vein. There was blood everywhere while saving a wheelchair-bound resident from, here we go again, an unhinged mugger. So Brian Smith, the doorman, that's his name, was helping the disabled tenant enter the building on East 72nd Street just after 3 a.m. Sunday. The man in the wheelchair did not notice, and neither did the doorman, that a thug, if you will, was dressed in a black sweatshirt, a hat, and a face mask, and had been following the tenant back from an MATM near First Avenue, according to people that saw the surveillance footage. The man asked the doorman for directions to the subway. The doorman answered and then was sliced from nose to cheek. Nose to cheek. The 58-year-old doorman says he has no justification for this. He retreated to, to the security desk and called 911. Slashed in the face. And the building superintendent, and I agree with him, the building superintendent, his name is Pedro Ramos, and he says he's never seen so much blood in his life. That's how bad it was. He needed more than 20 stitches to close the nine-inch gash on his face. And according to the doorman, they had to sew an artery back together. What did he do to anybody? He just came to the defense of someone that needed help. Let's go back to your telephone calls. We are taking your calls this morning, and I'm trying to spend more time per caller, 800-848-WABC, 800-848-9222. Let's go to Mike in South Carolina. Good morning, Mike. What's on your mind? Good morning, Dominic. Always great to listen to you. Um, I'm in Nassau County now. I'm in my old neighborhood uh, to see my kids, my grandson. I got to make this quick, and, and some people should on your show. And I, I like the, you know, no history lessons. And, you know, uh, uh, you were doing a show, Dominic, Thanksgiving. I had the pleasure of speaking to John Casamitidis, talking about my dad, 52 years, supermarkets, the old Grand Union, manager, district manager. And, uh, you know, this is Eric Adams, and, and kudos to you, uh, Dominic, for the doorman. And when you step up, somebody steps up to, to, to be a good Samaritan, this is what happens. Um, this is Eric Adams, uh, the caller before, uh, I heard him say, you know, a reference to uh, white, you know, cracker, uh, some cops uh, that he made a reference to, Eric Adams. Eric Adams, uh, uh, Greg Kelly and his parents knew my father in Garden City and Ray Kelly. He even had the audacity to call Ray Kelly a racist a couple of years ago. Eric Adams, you know what? You're clubbing with your $5,000 suits. You really haven't done much of anything. And you were right, Dominic. Uh, he's going to be a one-term mayor, I think, because, hey, you're sitting on your hands, Eric Adams. 
You know, you're really not doing much of anything except, you know, clubbing with your $5,000 suit and dancing. And, you know, uh, you're, you're a joke, Eric Adams. You really are. You're a joke. Well, Mike, I, I appreciate the call and, and, and welcome back. You said Nassau County. And it, it's hard to beat an incumbent mayor. I mean, look, look at de Blasio. So, so, so we will see, we will see what will happen. Uh, but, but, um, th- this is a mess of a situation and the mayor should have counted the 10 before, uh, jumping off at the lady and, you know, Everything, everything can't be used in a in a racial uh, reference. I thank you for the uh, telephone call, Mike, and welcome back home. And I hope you enjoy the time with your kids and your grandkids. And uh, thank you for that call. Let's go to Long Island. Let's say good morning to George. Good morning, George. You're on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Hi, Dominic. Uh, I'm a court clerk for many years. I'm retired. I call into Curtis a lot, just about violence in general. I must have arraigned thousands of people over the years. I may have met you years ago in the arraignment part, AR1. We were both a lot thinner and had more hair, but that's not (laughs) what I'm making jokes about. I don't – I'm trying to put my finger on it. There was a lot of crime years ago, purse snatching, chain snatching, but there was – I never saw the gratuitous violence. They rob you. They took – you know, sometimes they were. They would take your stuff, and they would leave. They didn't particularly want to hurt you. I don't understand the change. Is it society? Is it the video games? Is it just I don't? I can't put my finger on it. And I think I've been around the block like you have. Uh, I can, I George. Get it. I'm, uh, George, I'm going to let you finish. I can. Um, it's almost like weather forecasting, right? So when we turn to our favorite channel, favorite radio station, they give us the weather. If we feel that the individual's credible, we will base our day how we dress, how we dress based on the weather forecast. The criminals are listening to the politicians. The politicians in this case are the weather forecasters. So like the guy that was stabbed to death on the J train, right? The way they have gone, the the mentally ill people have gone from just uh, talking to themselves on the train to actually encountering people. It, this guy on the train was going from person to person to person. And so... You're saying you can't put your finger on it. I'm telling you, it's because of these pandering politicians that they feel they can get away with anything. Please continue, George. There's nothing much to say. It's just really terrible. Like I told you, I worked in the arraignment part. I saw a lot of rough characters over the years. And it just breaks, as you know, from the AR1 part with Judge Levitan. You must have covered the arraignment part on more than one occasion. Uh, it's just, I, I, I'm not putting my finger on it. I just shake my head at it and, and just yes. disgust. You know, it's savagery from one, from, from one person to another, it's, it's, it saddens me. That's all I wanted to say, and have a good Fourth of July. Well, thank you, and, and I, think, I think you, me, and a lot of us, within the sound of our voice, feel exactly uh, the same way as it relates to a lot of the things that's been going on. Thank you for the call, George, on Long Island. Let's go to our friend Audrey in Brooklyn. Good morning, Audrey. What's on your mind? Good morning, Dominic. Thank you for taking my call. And um, I, I think that Eric Adams, I, I don't think, I think he's, uh, 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 no, he's totally out, out of control, and he's not going to apologize. But this, I, I got a chance to really fully see the video because I didn't know, but that was unnecessary. And the point of it is, 
something, you know, is a, a, a past cocky, you know, it's like, if you didn't want, if you want to be married, you have to accept everything, everything that comes at you, and you know, you can't blame it on something, because at this point, this plantation thing was out of control, and it, it annoys me, because he was a better person before he started, um, ah, I'm not saying clubbing, but something, something, something's too cocky there, and you know what, the, the, the gentleman that helped the, um, the, uh, the the person that was slashed. Yes. It, you know, it's, you know, I feel something spiritually is imbalanced. That's how I feel about everything that's going on. Because I was raised, I had to go to Sunday school and church till I was twenty one. And if that's what's missing, the spiritual guidance, that's what I think. But it's going to get fixed. How is but, Audrey, but Audrey, to to cut somebody in their face, yeah, knowing that it's going to leave permanent damage. Yeah, but it doesn't that, matter. They, they don't care, and there's something wrong. Because I thought they did it on the juggler. They didn't cut him on the neck. Well, I okay, may, may, it was the juggler. I, I apologize, but yeah, because I'm he's trying to, to be remember in, um, ex- the okay, hospital. But, wow. but the bottom line is that who wants to get cut? I mean, I I, all I saw was all of that blood. Yeah, but he's it lucky. It was a lot of blood. Could have died. That's from the juggler. That's the main thing. No, and 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 you're you're at work. And, you know, you're just minding your business. You know, Dominic, we can be anywhere at this point. Normally I go to the African Street Festival every year. I I didn't go this year, not the fact that it was raining, but I I don't feel comfortable. And that's not me. You know, know, I I don't feel comfortable. You know, Audrey, you're not the only one. You just mentioned that, so I'll I'll be straight with you now as well. So Mm -hmm. I've been to the uh, Harlem Book Fair before, right, on Mm -hmm. my book, No Mama's Boy, and Curtis Lee came up and, and... and I've told the story a million times. Curtis was challenging the Nation of Islam guys up in their face, Hello. and they just kept walking away from them. Yes, and so, but but my point being that uh, the Harlem Book Fair as well as the Brooklyn Book Fair is coming up, and mm-hmm. my daughter was going to go to each one, but I don't know, Audrey. I don't know if it's safe. We don't know anything. We just got to pray and believe that we're covered. And if it's our time, it's our time. But just. Pray for this country or this world because something's demonic. I'll try to wake up in the morning, but I doubt it. I'm, a, I'm not in the morning. <laughs> thank well, you, thank thank you Audrey, and you have a great 4th of July. Thank you very much. These are the Chronicles of Dominic Carter on 77 WABC. And another shooting, uh, this one in Baltimore, a block party. Shooting victims include more than a dozen injured minors, and among the people that are dead, two dead, 28 hurt, hurt, that is. Gunfire erupted at a block party in Baltimore Sunday, just hours ago, killing two people, wounding 28, and uh, it's, it's, uh, this is the holiday weekend. Three of the wounded are in critical condition, and more than a dozen were under the age of 18. The shooting took place just after 12.30 a.m. when at least two people opened fire at the block party in the Brooklyn Houses area, Brooklyn Homes area of the southern part of the city. That's according to the acting police commissioner. That's in Baltimore. We are dealing with a number of topics this morning. Dominic Carter here with you, Talk Radio 77 WABC 1. New York City Mayor Eric Adams doubles down on comparing the Holocaust survivor to a plantation owner. That's one. Number two, the city's new police commissioner is hitting the ground running. 
already with an event scheduled regarding fireworks for a bit later on today, and that's Acting Police Commissioner Eddie Caban. And we're also dealing with the uh, doorman that was was, uh, badly uh, slashed coming to the aid of someone else, and uh, it's it's just it's just a, a horrible situation. But let's continue with your telephone calls up until the top of the hour. Frank Morano, the other side of midnight, standing by to come on at the top of the hour. Let's go to Maxine in Manhattan. Good morning, Maxine. Hello, What's Jeff. on your mind? Thank you for taking my call. You know, I want to uh, touch upon uh, Mayor Adams. His behavior, the way he responded, is reactive behavior i i have an issue with reactive behavior many people do and i'm working on that okay consciously and it's going to take a while still but my point is that unless somebody acknowledges that they behave reactively rather than proactively it ain't going to change if somebody has awareness and consciousness and will say, you know what, I didn't handle that situation very well with that person, in his case with that, that woman, they are never going to change unless he comes up to a level of awareness. It ain't ever going to change. And this episode is going to repeat and repeat again. Also, I always enjoy listening to you, Dominic. Thank you. And you have a caller, Audrey, who calls in. And Audrey made a comment on um, that there's a problem spiritually, and, and there is, and I, and I agree with her on that. So those are my, my thoughts. Thank you, Dominic. Thank you, Maxine. Uh, you know, we all, we're all human. We all make mistakes. But, but there, there is the political element when you're a public official in terms of also how an apology would be perceived. But the, the best way to get this issue to get in the, in, the, in the rearview mirror would be for the mayor of New York City to uh, simply apologize. But to know the Eric Adams that I know, it is never going to happen. Never. And once he invokes his mother, that means that he's digging in even even deeper. Stan in Brooklyn. Good morning, Stan. What's on your mind? Good morning. Two things. Number one, you had said the guy in the wheelchair was coming back from an ATM at three in the morning. People That's like go he's to the ATM at all times for a crime to occur. Okay, but Stan, Stan. So oftentimes, and maybe I shouldn't say this. Oftentimes, when I get off the air, it's easier for me to go to the nearest ATM rather than come to Rockland and have to go four miles out of the way. And that's at two, Absolutely. three o'clock in the morning. The whole point Absolutely, of an ATM is being right able to go wherever you want to go. Say that again? Uh, uh, this guy's not in Rockland County. He's in New York City where we have ATMs all over the place. Doing that at 3 in the morning, you are setting yourself up to be a victim. Okay, so Stan, so now you're going to blame the man because you're blaming the victim. Unfortunately, yes. Now, on the other hand, let's talk about Eric Adams. While he was running for mayor, didn't he say he was doing renovations on his house, so he did not pay his taxes? He said, uh, from the profit from the house, I'm putting it directly into the house. You cannot do that. You have to let the government know what you're doing. You have to pay your taxes, and whatever you put into your house, you have to amortize over a period of time. You can't take it directly out. 
Okay, well, I, I have to look more into that. I believe he did state that. Thank you for the call, Stan. I believe he did state that during the campaign, but I don't know the particulars, and I don't want to comment on something that I don't have firm facts. Is this Anna Day in, uh, in Yonkers? Did I pronounce your name correct? Yes, you are correct. Thank you. Um, we've spoken before. Listen, I have something. I, I just want to say to you, Dominic, you are a power of example for me because we both had dysfunctional families. Thank you very much for taking my call. But the fact of the matter is, if you know anything, if anybody knows anything about uh, body language and psychiatry, Adams is a total psychopath, if you can read his language. I, I don't agree with that. I don't agree with that at all. He's a very measured man, but go ahead. No, 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 no. No, I'm saying he is very cadenced and he's very measured, but there are certain things that do disrupt that, you know, the fact of the matter is, I mean, how do we get someone like uh, him? I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you finish, but I, I'm going to tell you, I said this That's on Friday. Okay. I'm going to tell you what it is plain and simple. If he feels that you're coming at him racially, he's going to strike back. He doesn't care how, when, who. If he feels that you're coming you. at and him you know racially, what? I was raised Episcopalian, and we are it's, all, it's almost like a tiger. If he feel if he feels that a person is going to jump jump out of their racism bag, then he's going to mm. jump out of his defense bag. That's that's just you. the way he is. It. But since I was raised Episcopalian, we have a very very ethnic, very Jamaican, and everything. But you know, and that's like that's not coming from here. But uh, if you know, I took deviation one hundred and one. In in college, and I'm like looking, and I'm seeing that there just there's certain things that the man he's not reading. But anyway, I I respect your point, and thank you, Dominic, for taking my call. Thank you, thank you, and you have a great Fourth of July. Let's go from Yonkers to Sydney in the Bronx. Good morning, Sydney. What's on your mind? Good morning, Dominic. Dominic, uh, this is Sydney, and I'm going to make it quick because I know time is short. Not until they start throwing away the keys on these repeat offenders, crime is not going to go down. We have to get tough in crime, add more police, and throw away the keys on repeat offenders. Sydney, uh, you don't have to make that quick because I, I, I couldn't agree with you more. And as long as we keep playing these games of uh, – Oh, you know, it's not their fault and all of that nonsense. This stuff is going to continue. Criminals, these criminals understand one thing. Like you said, when you lock them up and throw away the key, that's what they understand. They understand when you put them on Rikers Island and God only knows what's going to happen to them. They understand that. Other than that, they, they look at everything else as a pushover and as all of us to be taken advantage of. So Sydney, what 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 should happen? Are you still there with me, Sydney? Yes, I'm here. I'm here. Okay, Dominic. what what should happen immediately? I'm curious as to uh, what how you feel about this issue. What what's something that should be done immediately to make things better? There's, there's something that uh, Curtis talks about all the time, and he talked about it when when he's running for mayor. That there's these uh, universities. And I don't know if it was hospitals, but universities that don't pay their proper or they don't pay taxes at all downtown. Right, right. But uh, what, what does that have to do with crime? Well, the taxes that they don't pay, they should be taxed so we can hire more cops. Oh, okay, okay. You well, know? I, I hear and you. We on need that. to see. I hear you. On and that. we. I think we need to see more foot patrol in our neighborhoods. 
more foot patrol. I don't see foot patrol. Right, right, and 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 you listen to the advocates. Oh no, you you know you know the the police are too heavy handed. They're too heavy handed. Sydney, thank thank you for the call. I I agree with what Sydney just said, and and I I now understand his point about uh, taxes and colleges and so on. Anything that's going to get more police officers out on the street. You know, folks, one of the things that I um that I found interesting, right? So. What's going to happen uh, in just a couple of hours, right? One, I, I saw Pat Lynch, the PBA president, just the other day, right? Saw him just the other day, and I did not know that Pat Lynch has already stepped down. He's gone. He's gone. There is a new president of the PBA, and it is not Pat Lynch. The new president is out there uh, speaking publicly and so on. And I, I don't know if it's a sign that I'm just getting older, uh, but things things are changing. And so later on today, later on today, a couple of things, as I mentioned programming-wise, I will be on the air at 6 a.m. with Anthony Weiner from 6 to 10. We are in for Sid Rosenberg for the morning show on Tuesday, July 4th. The morning show will be conducted by our owner-operator, John Katsimatidis, with Curtis Lewa and Anthony Weiner. And I will be in at 10 a.m., from 10 a.m. until noon, in for Brian Kilme. So the new police commissioner, and just a matter of hours, the new police commissioner will be out and about, Eddie Caban, and he will be with the NYPD briefing the media regarding July 4th security and preparedness. And also, the firefighters of New York City, their union and the um, and the the fire firefighters association and the fire officers association, they are going to be holding a fellow firefighters cook off and press conference. And so firefighters firefighters will be demonstrating their culinary skills uh, learned at, at various firehouses. And this is before the 4th of July, right? So we all know that the 4th of July is the most popular holiday for grilling, right? And the fire department officials, the NYPD is doing the same. They will provide safety tips for residents that use barbecue. So there were, according to the FDNY, nearly 5,000 fires a year involving grilling. And so this is an event that's uh, being sponsored by Empire Steakhouse. And I did not know this little tidbit, folks. I don't know if you did. But the 4th of July weekend, the 4th of July weekend, Americans will spend $6.8 billion on food, averaging more than $370 a household. That's just for what's going to happen in roughly the next 24 hours throughout America. So I didn't get a chance to focus earlier on former New Jersey Governor Chris Christie, who's running for president. And you know what? Uh, Christie says that he believes that Trump is going to show up at the primary debates because of his ego. 
But Governor Christie, I think it's you the one with the ego that's out of control. Christie says that he wouldn't vote for Trump if Trump was the nominee because Christie says Trump is a bad person. This is what turns people off the politics. What did Christie say just a few years ago about Donald Trump? 